Welcome back for another episode of Lawyer Zen with me, your host, Patrick Barnes. I'm a practicing attorney in Tampa, and I'm also the owner of Legal Flow Consulting. Um, And if you do want to learn more about it or get in touch with me, you can always visit my website at www.legalflowconsulting.com. Today, the episode is about stress, and I got a chance to speak with a wonderful woman named Catherine Marie, who is a cancer survivor, and she has also dedicated her life to writing and speaking and being a holistic um, wellness health coach. She also does CLEs for attorneys about stress management, and so Catherine and I got a chance to talk all things stress. We talked about what she calls the attorney toolkit for stress management, things that we need to bring with us literally and figuratively. We talked about wellness in the workplace and what that looks like. Talked about calming strategies for clients, for ourselves. It was a really, really good and interesting conversation. Um, I think you'll you'll take a lot of it, uh, take a lot from it, and hopefully can start implementing some things in your practice right away that might help uh, mitigate the inevitable stress that we have as legal professionals. So, Without uh, further ado, let's get into the episode with Catherine Marie on stress. Welcome back to Legal Flow Podcast. Um, I'm Patrick Barnes. I'm sitting here digitally with Catherine Marie. And Catherine, I'm really, really excited to have you um, on the podcast. Thanks for coming. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Patrick. I am so excited to talk with you. Great. Um, So the point of this podcast is attorney mental health, essentially boiling that down. We're finding just basically different avenues, crossroads, cross sections of different topics and areas where attorneys may be interested in in, and trying to learn more about how to have less stress, how to maybe simplify the process understand a little more about maybe why they feel the way they feel in the legal in the legal world. Um, and so when when I was introduced to you and I was told that one of your big things that you you do is stress management, I wanted to talk with you and then I really wanted to have you on to help maybe shed some light to to attorneys and not just attorneys, but any legal professionals who might be listening um, because stress is the number one, I guarantee complaint of anyone in the legal profession. Um, so, so before we get, I want to know about your background. I want to know how you got to where you, you are. Um, tell me what you're doing right now, um, that could help lawyers like today if they wanted to. Right. Thank you so much. Yes. So my title is I am a holistic health coach, a trained holistic health coach, a speaker and an author. And about six months ago, I started to dive into, exploring ways that I can help attorneys, recognizing that it is a very high stress position. And so what I am doing right now is uh, I have one on-demand CLE course that I offer to Minnesota attorneys. I am right now, uh, it is approved for Minnesota CLEs and I'm looking at expanding into other states. And I'm also waiting approval for also holding some live or virtual live uh, CLE classes as well and developing more content geared towards holistic wellness and and wellness in general for attorneys. Okay, great. So so attorneys, when they hear CLE, they perk up because we're always in need of them. Uh, But at the same time, we want to learn interesting things. Um, you know, beyond, and in some states like Florida, there's a additional requirement that you get, you know, beyond just general credits, you get credits on, on well-being too. Um, so, so you have a stress management CLE and that's geared towards helping lawyers try to figure out, um, you know, how to, I guess, like maybe, maybe, I know it sounds simple, but to de-stress, but to kind of unwind from the practice so that that you can have a, a personal life, right? Yes, that, but it's not just a matter of de-stressing because stress is constant. So it's a matter of incorporating using tools and techniques throughout your day, throughout your life to basically 
implement the parasympathetic stress system so that you are not in a chronic state of stress. So it's, it's basically taking some pressure off throughout your day, throughout your week, so that you can function better for your own health, but also to help your clients. You know, it, it, the course that I offer, it helps clients maybe cue into some of the cues of their clients and noticing when they're stressed and maybe providing a little bit of strategy with the environment so that to kind of bring that stress level down with their clients. So it's a lot of things. It's, it's helping. It's, it's like I said, it's tools and techniques to help lawyers for themselves and providing quality service for their clients. Okay. Um, and I've shared this with you in our prior conversations, but just for the purposes of, of giving some background for the, for the podcast, um, one of the things in addition to practicing law that I have been passionate about, speak about, write about is, and uh, the, the episode prior to yours, I, I've talked with my dad, who's a PhD and a trauma specialist. And one of the things that I'm, I'm really passionate to bring to the legal community is awareness, what, what we're, we're calling legal informed, um, I say this every time, trauma informed legal practice, which mm -hmm. is essentially being informed of of a multitude of things, one of which is that we are a helping profession. And a lot of the people that we're interacting with are dealing with a traumatic event. Mm -hmm. We have secondary trauma from interacting with traumatic material on a near constant basis, but mm -hmm. we're also dealing with burnout. And one of the things that we talk about all the time is organizational stress and operational stress, which is knowing that you're going into a stressful environment and then working in a stressful environment because that's what law firms and you know anything <laughs> in the legal practice is so the word stress is is constant but mm -hmm. I, i'm glad you're here because one of the things we talk about is you got to do self-care right self-care absolutely but that's such a broad brush right self-care yeah you got to exercise you got to eat right but I'm I'm excited for you to enlighten me and and hopefully our listeners about what that what that means a little more and how to actually implement some of those strategies. But before we do that, um, I want to know about what kind of got you here. So if you can right. shed some light on your on your back on your backstory about what what got you to where you are talking with me today. Absolutely, yeah. So <laughs> it, it's it's a personal story. It's uh, so. I don't even know how much of this I shared with you prior to us getting together today. So in 2000, I gave birth to premature twins and they were born at just 25 weeks gestation. They were one pound babies. Mm. So talk about stress, right? Yeah. Uh, they are 22 now, but they wow. both have, they both have disabilities. Mm -hmm. So there was that. And then in 2015, I was diagnosed with stage three breast cancer. And so at the time, my children were almost 15, but not cognitively. And right. so, yes, I've had my share of stress. And it was after my cancer diagnosis. And I, I decided to go back to school. And that's when I studied with the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. And then the concept of there are all these facets of our life that contribute to our health. And that really clicked with me at that point that I really realized that it's it's our relationships and our work and um, exercise and nutrition. All of these things actually contribute to our health. It's not just the one thing right. and that they're interconnected and that they impact. And that's when I really got passionate about sharing uh, holistic wellness in general and part of holistic wellness is managing stress and incorporating things like deep breathing and laughter i've learned so much in the last couple of years about how we as adults because we have our responsibilities about how you know we we don't always take time to laugh and and i can as a caregiver for over 20 years mm -hmm. and as somebody who has been immersed in the medical care system 
you know, they're another high stress <laughs> employment. And because of my kids, I've been immersed in that medical care system. And then with my own story, you know, I'm very comfortable with doctors, but I see a lot of high stress with them as well. And that compassion fatigue and that um, making that person's situation your own and and that trauma absorption. Mm-hmm. And so we, yeah, I'd love to dive into that with you yeah. as well and how how we can navigate that because that that can be, I think for attorneys, I think it's tricky. I can imagine I'm not there, but I can imagine it can be really hard to separate yourself because people are coming to you with their trauma. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, I, it sounds like, you know, obviously you had some very traumatic events, uh, but it seems as though you know, it's not, you said your, your children are now 22 and mm-hmm. although they do have cognitive deficits, they're, they're, they're healthy. Um, yes. so that's incredible. Um, and it led to to helping other people uh, in the process. So th- I appreciate you sharing that. I know that um, that wasn't easy. And and Thank and you. then fighting fighting cancer, um, mm-hmm. you know, led you I assume to the to the holistic nutritional side of things as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And and I love to share my story. I, I just last year this month I published a book called Fearless Action, and that is some of my story, but it's also a strategy that I developed to help people move from fear to action. Because one of the things that I have found is that when a person has been traumatized, Mm -hmm. to move from that space of trauma to actually moving forward in life is really, really challenging. And Mm -hmm. I see that a lot with cancer patients who I, you know, have connections with. So, yeah, yeah, I, and I hope I hope that anyone that's listening, either after this, if you haven't already, go back and listen to the first episode, um, and, and you're going to hear the alignment of your thoughts and and, and my dad, um, especially with what you just said. There was once you've experienced that trauma, it is so difficult, and it's a biological change to be able to feel safe. And he said it's the difference between being safe and feeling safe, and and so we as attorneys have to be mindful and that's why we call it trauma informed because you're informed on what the symptoms look like with a traumatized client to be mindful of what they're experiencing right and that they are in an unknown environment and with an unknown legal situation and so we have an obligation to to make them as comfortable as possible so uh, yeah, the alignment is 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 really interesting, and I also love the title of your book, "Fearless Action," because <laughs> I think attorneys struggle with that. We do so much action. How do you do so fearlessly? Um, right. So fascinating. But um, so I want to get into what you've kind of dubbed your stress management toolkit for attorneys. Um, I love that because we come to work with our lunch pail, and also in our other hand, we should have our toolkit to be okay. Um, so I, I, you you talk about stress management being based first primarily on awareness. What does that what does that mean? What does that look like for a practicing lawyer or professional? Yeah. So awareness is really understanding what your stress triggers are, and then what brings you joy. Okay. So for example, me personally, I know I become more stressed when I give and I give and I give. I'm an I'm a true introvert. Mm -hmm. And if I give too much of myself away and I don't have enough alone time, then I can't recharge because those true introverts, they need those, that alone time to recharge. Right. right? And so I know that I get triggered and I get more tense and I know how it displays in me. You know, I get shorter with people, for example, if I am stressed. So it's, it's the awareness is learning what stress looks like for you, how it manifests. And uh, maybe you, maybe a person doesn't uh, perhaps eat as much, or maybe they eat too much. So Mm -hmm. that awareness of how stress manifests for you. And then also an awareness of what can bring you joy. Okay. So having that awareness, to get that awareness, what I suggest is people journal (laughs) And some people resist journaling. I used to resist journaling personally. And 
Um, but you can even just start with one line a day and just like make a comment about one line about your day is, you mm -hmm. know, my day was really hard today, or that sort of thing. And just, and you can use prompts. You can, you can, once you want to move beyond one line, you can use things like today I was stressed about, or today this brought me joy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, use these little prompts. I talk about that in, in my CLE class. And then I also suggest ending with gratitude and talking about what are you grateful for today? And so, so that journaling, I personally feel will really help bring some awareness because it's, you're releasing all this information out of your head, right? right? So that I think helps bring awareness and that's the first start, but it can also then help you realize, oh, I'm missing, I haven't laughed lately mm -hmm. or I haven't exercised lately. I, I'm not finding fulfillment in um, perhaps a relationship or I'm not finding fulfillment I'm, I'm not eating well, you know, so having that awareness of what is what your stress triggers are and what would bring you joy. That's really the first step. And then the, some of the practical tools that you can implement would be deep breathing. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I like to teach specific breathing techniques, but even just pausing. I mean, you can set a timer on your phone and really being intentional about taking three deep breaths, even just like every hour, hour and a half, because when we are stressed, we tend to hold the tension here in the chest and have really our breathing changes. Mm -hmm. And so by pausing and taking those deep breaths, changing our posture, those are some tools that can help us get out of that chronic state of stress for just a few minutes. Right. Yeah. I you know, I, I, I kind of laughed when you said that people are hesitant to journal. And I think lawyers tend to try to be bulletproof. We try to not show weakness. Um, and I don't know if that's just kind of the nature or the, the community that we're in. I, I do think that that's a changing guard, um, that mm -hmm. that's kind of an old way of looking at it, that like, if you're not stressed, you're not doing it right. Or if you're not at the office till 11 o'clock at night, you're not doing it right. Um, I think that's changing. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, where people are realizing I have to be okay in order mm -hmm. to do this well. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and so the journaling to me, if you, if you wanted to put it in legal terms with a case that you, maybe you're taking to trial or you're going, you know, to, to, to have it heard in front of a jury, the first thing you're going to do with the case is say, what are my strengths? Right. Absolutely. And what are my weaknesses? And how do we correct those weaknesses, right? And know those know those issues going into the courtroom. That's no different than saying what brings me joy, and what um, what gives me the most stresses. What are my triggers? And so, mm -hmm. if you think, okay, well, throughout the course of the day, there's going to be operational stress, and there's going to be organizational stress. There's going to be voicemails to return, and as soon as you return those voicemails, there's going to be more of them. Mm -hmm. There's a task list that never seems to end. And meanwhile, you're interacting with likely, no matter really what type of law you're doing, traumatic material. And so you, you have to, and we, when we, when we lecture on this, we use an infinity symbol, which is like an eight that's sideways and it just wraps yep. and never ends. It never begins and it never ends. And that's kind of where the stress in the legal profession is. It's for every task you knock off, another one shows up and, and you're always looking at things that are stressing you out. And talking mm -hmm. with people who are going through trauma, which is causing you to be empathetic and give energy. And so I, I think what I resonate most with, with what you just said is to be able to say, I can't really control those things. They're going to happen. For but sure. what I can do is know which one of those things causes me the most irritation or triggers me the most, causes the most energy you know, release, whatever that is. Um, and, and kind of prepare for those as best I can, knowing it's, it's unavoidable. It's part of my job. What, what does that, does that make sense? Absolutely. Right. And, and that I have the same thought process of, yes, you, you highlight, um, what you love and try to incorporate more of that. Right. right. 
And obviously you have certain duties you need to do. And to that, I would say um, maybe there's a, a, a system that can be incorporated in terms of time blocking and time management and changes. Absolutely. And who knows? Yep. Um, I would encourage anybody, and, and this is kind of like <laughs> a little random, but one thing you said that I wanted to, to note is that you said, you know, what are what are my strengths and what are my weaknesses? I would encourage somebody to think about what are my strengths and what are my obstacles that I maybe need to overcome. It's yeah. I don't think anybody is is weak. And um I, you know, as somebody who went through surgery, five months of chemo and six weeks of radiation, asking for help is really, really hard. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I just feel like th that it's a matter of, you know, learning and, and maybe m perhaps, you know, learning that there is pieces that somebody can help you with you know, and, and finding support, you know, mm -hmm. and I don't know, cause I'm not in your office and every person, every attorney is different. So, but maybe there's different support systems at home that, you know, you can implement to relieve some of that stress. And I just wanted to throw that out. Well, I'll give you like a personal, like in my practice, um, one of the things that frust I would say frustrates me and causes me the most energy drain is when I don't feel like I'm communicating as effectively as I would like with a client. I mm -hmm. consider myself, I've been accused of being a handholder. I, I consider myself extremely communicative. I want my clients to understand what we're doing as opposed to just like, hey, trust me, I'm the lawyer. So when, when that's like my goal and like that's who I want to be as a lawyer, if I feel like I'm not accomplishing that, and I think there's a lot of like trauma symptoms that probably block it, right? Like people being constantly in fight or flight, always with the parasympathetic nervous system. Um, when I feel like that's not happening, I get the most, I guess, stressed for lack of a better word, because I, that's not, that's, I'm going against what it is that I'm trying to accomplish, which is to be fully communicative as I can. And so what I, what I have figured out in like you said, look, don't look at them as weaknesses, look at them as obstacles. I know that if that happens during the day, it's going to cause me more stress than I'm willing to give because mm -hmm. I've only got so much bandwidth. Right. And so right, it's exactly. a frustrating conversation. So what I do is I say, I want this conversation to accomplish three things. I want to talk about where we were, where we are need to accomplish in this call and then as much as I can about where we might go in the future and the next time you talk to me kind of thing. And I, that sounds simple, but by having that in my brain, when I start a phone call or before I pick the phone up, all that's all I can do. Right. Mm -hmm. To And mm -hmm. at the end of that call, if I've accomplished that, whether it's gotten through or not, it's all I can do. And so yeah. that's, that, that helps me in some weird personal way feel less stressed out about that. Does that make That's, sense? Oh, I, I love that because yes, there are days when I am so overwhelmed and I pick, I, I literally will write down the top three things. This is, these are the top three, three things that I need to get done. Yes. There's a long list other than that, that needs to get done. But if those top three things get done, then I can end my day with, okay, I did what I needed to do. Yeah. And I think, for attorneys, I just, I have so much compassion for you, honestly. Honestly, I do. It, it's so funny. I actually, and this is a, a weird little side story, but I, I worked for a law firm way back when, long, long time ago. And uh, I, I worked in the office and it was so long ago. It was during uh, a very popular um, trial that was broadcast on TV of uh, a sports. <laughs> I don't know if I should say the name sports. I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, maybe, so it was that far back. Love, and and maybe it was a white Bronco. I'm, I'm familiar. Yeah. So it was, um, you know, I have been in the environment of working in an attorney's office and I have so much respect for all of you and compassion for what you have to do to not only know the law and know your job, but also, you know, really you're also guiding this client on a personal level. And, right. and I have a lot of, 
empathy and compassion for what you are going through, because I, I recognize that it's hard work. So you mentioned, well, thank you. I mean, we, it is a little bit of juggling at times, but I don't think it, it's any different than any other helping profession is, is maintaining, you know, that's kind of breaking down the walls with the secondary trauma is dealing with people with seriously traumatic incidents, having empathy, having compassion, but also being able to maintain the barrier, which you had mentioned right. at the very beginning, which was, um, you know, not having absorption of that stressful material, right. trying your best not to. I don't think, I don't think you can totally avoid it if you're practicing with compassion, but being able to kind of compartmentalize that as best as possible. So mm -hmm. you mentioned that, you know, obviously looking at your strengths, looking at obstacles, and then you talked about deep breathing, taking time to maybe just reset. But what right. what other techniques are there that, that attorneys can start putting in practice? Oh, my gosh. Well, I'm sure your days are busy, but taking a few minutes to go for a walk during the day, mm -hmm. you know, right? That would help get that physical activity because of the the feel good endorphins mm -hmm. that even just taking a walk will help. Uh, I think about taking, I think I mentioned, you know, adjusting your posture, but even actually mm -hmm. standing up and stretching your body. Because mm -hmm. if you're working on something on your desk, reading something or you know, writing briefs or whatever, you're going to have that forward posture. So actually standing up and doing some stretch, go get some water and be sure to hydrate, hydrate, mm -hmm. hydrate. That's something like I'm really, really focused on because I think in general, we don't drink enough water mm -hmm. and that'll lead to fatigue. It'll lead to brain fog. So focusing on that, uh, I like to, you know, I personally, like I said, laughter is huge. And I know you guys are super busy, but if you have an opportunity, if you're taking lunch to watch something funny or, you know, or <laughs> Google dad jokes, whatever <laughs> humor speaks to you, you know, that immediately brings down the stress hormones. So something, those kinds of things where you're you're either getting up and moving or just allowing your brain to decompress. Of course, there's meditation that may not be possible during the day. Yeah. And there's so many different types of meditation. We could go into that. But, but really, it's the deep breathing and uh, g getting up and moving around a little bit, I think, are really easy things to incorporate throughout the day. I, I mean, I totally agree with everything. And I've also heard, I can't remember where I read it, but the walking can stimulate thoughts. So if you're stuck on a problem or you're stuck on something that you walk it out, go, go for a walk. And if you say, well, I don't have time to go walk. It's like, well, what are you, are you going to spend twice as much time sitting at your desk thinking about the problem or maybe half as much time thinking about the same problem walking? Right. Um, right. So and to that, I want to say I want to say something. I'm not going to have the exact numbers in front of me, I don't think. But um, so when we talk about exercise, obviously outside, even like outside of the office, like before work or after work, whatever, it is recommended by the CDC that we get like 150 minutes of exercise throughout the week. That is so much, right, yeah. when you think about it. Yeah. But, okay, so if we break that down, let's see. Yeah, they get a minimum of 150 minutes of moderate intensity, physical activity. Yeah. Um, and so if, hypothetically, if we sleep eight hours each night, mm -hmm. then we have 16 waking hours, and that's like 960 minutes. So if we spend 30 minutes per day doing any combination of physical activity and strength training, that's really less than 3% of your day. Yeah. And I think we are each can commit 3% of our day to our health. Yeah. It's, it's, it's two 15 minute walks in, in five days a week is 150. I think that's yeah. math. I didn't become a lawyer for math, but um, <laughs> right. the podcast took a turn for towards the math. But I'm gonna—I think that math is right. It's 30 yeah. minutes a day, five days a week would be. It it would just yeah. No matter what, even if you're yeah, if even if you're not hitting that that 150, any little bit you do helps, and right. the benefits of 
incorporating a 15 minute walk. It's going to help clear your brain, like you said, and it's going to help with the feel good endorphins and so many other benefits, you know. Um, so it's a it's a really good strategy. So those are really good for yourself, right? And and we don't take care. That's the first thing that goes is when you're stressed is you're like, I'm not going for a walk. I you look at this desk I've got on, you know, and so right. we have to do that. That that's, but that's for yourself. So let me ask you for like, if somebody is listening to this podcast that maybe is a leader of a firm, they're a managing partner an owner, um, mm -hmm. you know, whatever they might be, what are some things for like an employee assistance program to implement, to allow people to, to feel like they can go do that? What would be some things that would be recommended? Um, I would recommend uh, implementing some wellness programs within the workplace, for sure, if they're not already in place. Of course, starting with looking at ergonomics, do people have appropriate workstations that yeah. prevent them from not working well, which if, if a person does not have proper ergonomics, uh, of course, that's going to lead to healthcare bills down the line, Correct. right? So you're talking uh, about like bad, bad chairs, bad not, chairs, not standing desk, you know, the ability yep. to have a desk that goes up and down, something that kind of keeps the body where it's supposed to be. I'm sitting in bad posture right now. Uh, good posture. You know, Absolutely. That. Making sure you have, whether it's a, it's a laptop or making sure your keyboard is appropriately set up. Mm -hmm. Those are good things, especially if you're in a office and you have the resources to bring somebody in and, and assess those ergonomics. I, as a manager, if I was a manager in a law firm, I would encourage people to get up and take stretch breaks, to get up and go and get their water and take those water breaks. I would assess vending machines if there are vending machines in the building for potential oftentimes vending machines are just full of sugary snacks mm -hmm. and those are just going to lead to fatigue and weight gain and disease. You know, it's that domino yeah. effect. Or if there's perhaps company gatherings, maybe you want to think about, you know, I, I don't know how much <laughs> that's going on now, but I recall being in offices where we would have potlucks and really all it was was junk and you would eat junk all day yeah. and and thinking about being intentional it's about making intentional moves whether it is food and bringing in veggies and hummus that's a really fantastic snack it's being intentional about what you're offering it's bringing in wellness classes mm -hmm. such as yoga deep breathing and stress management mm -hmm. and nutrition so that your employees can actually learn what they need to manage their stress so that they can go out and provide that quality relationship with their clients. Yeah. I mean, or, you know, like um, it comes to my head, like offer a corporate gym membership, you know, and then give time, Absolutely. give time to go to it. That's the thing. You can give a corporate gym membership. But a block out 30 minutes where, I mean, I guess if the gym is close, go that they can go. Um, right. You know, paid time at the gym. So people actually go and do it instead of saying, well, I don't, it's great you offer me a gym membership, but I'm not sure when I would go because I've got kids or obligations or whatever it is. Block off some time during the day because I think when, when thinking about leadership, you know, obviously everyone wants their employees to be well, right? Right. But if you think about the, the financial impact of, of employees not being well, being stressed out, being burnout, and the disillusionment that comes with that burnout, you're going to have, um, you're going to have organizational trauma, which basically is like all of the infighting and, and um, people taking time off work and calling in sick, quitting because they're, they just can't do it anymore. The mm -hmm. cost of turnover is so much higher than the cost of retention, even if that means you know, kind of bending a little bit to, to attorney, you know, to employee wellness. So right. I, I agree with you. You got to focus as a leader on making sure you're giving adequate ability for people to actually take care of themselves. Right. What you're talking about is you're pro proactively providing, providing well care 
so right. that you're not on the back end providing sick care. Right. right? I, I worked at a firm in Denver and they, they just always seemed to do it well, like employee wellness. And that was a, a focus you could tell. And it would come like middle of the day. And obviously I'm in Florida and it's 95 degrees outside, but in Denver it was always <laughs> felt like it was like 70 and beautiful. Um, but he, our managing partner would just walk through the bullpen, like the big open office space and just say, all right, we're all going for a walk. And the whole firm, you know, obviously if you're on a phone call or something, you don't go, but everyone would just get up and walk around the building together as a big group. And I just always, that, that sticks with me that that really is. And we would just walk around the building and everyone go back in and go to their desks. And the fact that they did that showed they did care that people right. were doing it. Right. And that's so cool. I mean, the fact that they cared enough and they were the example, that is so key. Yeah. So that you can do it. And I agree with you um, that, and I guess would add that you can care that people do it, but you need to be able to allow them to do it at work too. Right. It's like, well, Absolutely. take care of yourself, but be sure you're doing that out of corporate hours. Right. Cause we're busy here. You got to find time for your employees to take care of themselves during the, during the work day. Absolutely. Nobody wants to look back decades from now and think, geez, I wish I would have worked more. Right. Yeah. I, that's, that's a, that's about as valid as I've, as you can, as you can put it, about as succinct mm -hmm. as you can put it. So we um, are often in stressful situations, depositions, mediations, trial preparations, um, where it feels like it can feel like a cyclone uh, at times. Are there any like strategies to, and I know you talk about deep breathing and, and that kind of thing, but mm -hmm. in an intense moment where you're having almost like a panic attack or shutting down because of the stress, are there any techniques or strategies that, that, that attorneys could look at to, um, or use? Yeah, I, I do. I am a fan of the deep breathing. And the reason is because... It, it, it does impact immediately and it can be done any time, anywhere. And people doesn't don't know you're actually doing it. Mm -hmm. um, you could also, there are, uh, depending on like, if, if you're in your office, you know, there are things like fidgets uh, yeah. or stress balls. Mm -hmm. You know, there are, you know, I'm, I'm coming from the mindset of having <laughs> children on the spectrum and, there are yeah. spinners and there are things that if, for example, if attorneys are in court, there are things that you can get when you're feeling anxious that will be very discreet and quiet. So example, there are rings out there that are called spinner rings or anxiety rings that you could wear. And, you know, and for me, I think when a person, you know, oftentimes when people get anxious, they might like click a pen or they might fidget with, you know, whatever they have. And those other things like the stress balls and the spinners, those are tools that replace. So, so when a person is reaching for something like a pen or a fidget tool or stress ball, they're looking for that tactile input, yeah. right? And what it is to me is it's a cue that you need to take a step back, take mm -hmm. a moment for yourself, whether or not you breathe deep or go for a walk, but it's a, it, it's, that's should cue you that that's what you need to do is that you are too stressed and you need yep. to take a moment and pause. Yeah. I, I, I've heard of those rings that you spin or there's, you know, there's like mm -hmm. the watches that click, um, but yeah. obviously that makes noise, but something that you can literally do besides yeah. you know, your yeah. or, or do discreetly. Yeah. And, you know, and maybe it's, you know, just folding your hands and um, there are different methods, not just of, um, so there's, there's one relaxation technique that I call squeeze and release. It has different names, but basically it is generally, it's something that a person would do like laying in bed at night, for example, to mm -hmm help them go to sleep, but it could be done in your office or wherever you are discreetly. And basically it's just going through the different muscle groups in your body and squeezing and then releasing. Mm -hmm. And so it's like tightening your hands or tightening your feet or contracting your torso and then releasing. And that 
just kind of like gives a little bit of release to your body. And so that's just another really discreet technique that somebody can incorporate. I think those are all things that people could put it, put into practice tomorrow, um, right. you know, and, 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 and fight off the anxiety. Um, let me ask you about, um, you know, you had talked about like compliments and gratitude. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. How are ways that like leadership can do that with their staff to, because a lot of the stress comes from the unknown and maybe the lack of communication in the firm. And whether that's because everybody's so busy that nobody really has time to kind of say, hey, job well done, right? And mm -hmm. if nobody says you're, you're killing it out there, then your mind, I think most people's minds can tend to think the opposite is happening because you haven't gotten that validation. How do leaders do do that, I guess, if they're if they're lacking in that ability without being, I guess, you know, over the top where you're like, wow, this guy won't stop complimenting everybody. If that right, right. And I don't think a person has to be over the top. I love that you value communication. And yeah. I think that as a leader, valuing communi communication is key. Mm -hmm. I personally, I have this doctor who every single time I see her or even like in written notes after the fact, she will say, thank you for providing care, for allowing me to provide your care rather. Mm. So... I, I, that expression of gratitude, it's not over the top. Yeah. It's not like I get weekly emails from her or anything like that, but it's that expression of thank you for allowing me to do this or, right. or, but just that, um, you know, that communication, perhaps it's a weekly email that says, I appreciate that you showed up today, that you showed up this week and you did your work, you know, or yeah. I appreciate that you show up and you put your best foot forward. And it's, it's those really simple things mm -hmm. I think that add up to people and it doesn't have to be, you know, an elaborate lunch to thank people. Yeah. Words, words matter. And like you said, being that model of valuing a person's wellness and valuing that, yes, we we want you to go take a walk, expressing that it's important to us that you actually go and get some water or go stretch or go take a walk and actually take your lunch break, right? And expressing and being that model, that is going to show gratitude on top of just literally verbalizing Thank you for showing up today. I I love the subtlety of that doctor's comment. It's subtle, but it's also really powerful. Right. And that's such a good way to say, hey, good job is one way to say it. But like, I, I'm trying to think of a good way to put it, but like, I appreciate the fact that you did that. Is, is right. There's a difference. There's a subtlety, right. but it's different. And I think more impactful and to say, hey, can you take that phone call? And they take it. And it's like, yeah, that's their job. Take that phone call. To say like, hey, I appreciate you taking that phone call because it cleared, it freed me up to focus on this thing I'm doing. That, just like that extra explanation on there, I think is a lot more impactful. Absolutely. Right. And and the attorney to the client even just saying, thank you for allowing me to help you navigate this issue. Yeah. Or like you were talking about the leader to the employee saying, you know, thank you for helping me navigate this this situation or thank you for, like you said, taking that call. And and you're right. That extra explanation is really helpful. It's helpful. It, gives, but it's it, also, it, adds, it adds to it. And I think mm -hmm. that it's like the yes, the, you know, like the yes and right. Like, thanks because or thanks. You know, well, thanks because probably is the only way to say it, but. But, you know, I appreciate you doing that because it did this for me. And that means, you know, that meant a lot. Um, yeah, I think changing the way you do it. And also there's like that um, Internet meme going around about, you know, we want well-being. We want, you know, whatever, like whatever it is. And then then there's the guy from um, the the pawn shops show Pawn Stars. And he says, best I can do is a pizza party. And I think that's like kind of the best verbal meme for this is 
you know, it doesn't have to be an elaborate lunch to just really yeah. show appreciation and gratitude, but put that gratitude outward to your staff and, and let them know, because I do think a lot of stress comes from unknown. Am I like, am I doing this right? Like, right. you know, and, and well, you probably and are, but the person isn't communicating that, which just builds stress. That's just completely unnecessary. Right. And even just greeting a person, you know, in the morning or in the evening and, and is and saying, I hope you enjoy your weekend. I hope you get some rest this weekend, you know, expressing and, and greeting in the morning. Hey, how was your coffee this morning or whatever? Just those general little connections mm -hmm. are what form a bond that shows you care. Yeah. I love that. I think that's really powerful and, and can avoid a lot of those organizational stressors, especially not necessarily like boss to staff, but also staff to staff. Absolutely. Say, hey, I appreciate you covering that thing for me because, you know, like I thank you for allowing me to go to my kid's school for for whatever lunch or for the award ceremony. Thank mm -hmm. you for allowing me to do that. That's so powerful. I'm going to start doing that. I, I have not thought of that until you said that. I'm going to start doing that because it, it really just kind of just that little tiny change does completely change how powerful that that thank you can be with right. some context. So thank you for I appreciate you allowing me to hear that. <laughs> thank you. And, you know, and I, that just led, led me to think that so many times we – in, in, this is a general statement. It's I'm not pinpointing anybody, but some yeah. people really want to put that professional foot forward and keep right. their personal life out. And I think sometimes there are leaders that encourage that. And I think really we're in a time where leaders are understanding that life is interconnected. Yep. And when you were talking about, you know, wanting to go to, a kid's game or whatever. I, I don't think we should hesitate to bring up our personal life and because our lives are interconnected. Right. And I don't think we should hesitate to say, Hey, could you do X, Y, Z for me? I really, I really have to get to a doctor's appointment or, you know, obviously there are some situations you want to have some privacy or maybe it's I'm caregiving for my parent right now and it's right. really hard and my mind is not on on top of things could you please do this for me and right. you know and and let's not forget how powerful manners are that please and that thank you and you know not just I appreciate it but saying please and thank you I think are really key too yeah, and I mentioned earlier, but I think that the, the old guard attorney style of you got to be at the office till 11 o'clock at night, your work is your life. I, I think that that's going away and people are realizing, like you said, life's, lives are interconnected. And in order to be OK at work, you have to be present at home and, and, your per, and have a personal life. And I think that is changing. So I'm happy to see that. Let me ask you kind of because you're, you're obviously doing the CLE, you're working with attorneys, you're providing stress you know, techniques and, and doing consulting, coaching on that. Um, what would you say is like the biggest, your kind of your, your takeaway um, from the reception you're getting from attorneys? Do you feel like it's, are you getting pushback? Is it really receptive? What would you say is your takeaway with that so far? Uh, my takeaway is that People are resistant to learning about stress management. Yeah, thus far. And and in context, I have not been doing this a long time, uh, probably four to six months, I think it's been. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you, there are there are people that it will resonate with. And then there are people that are not open to the possibility. And I think it's just a matter of time. And I think it begins again with, you know, everybody being on board. Like if you're if you're talking a large law firm and making, you know, like you talked about how things are changing a little bit in terms of for attorneys and and the whole mindset of working all hours of the day and not having a personal life. You know, it, it's going to take some time to change the mindset of the leaders who can then give permission. It's almost like they have to give permission to the employees that it's okay to take that walk during lunch. 
you know, and because of the old school work hard, don't think about your personal life mm -hmm. mindset. It's really hard for people to be open about the idea of bringing in stress management. It's more just like nose to the grindstone. And it's it's a really slow process, unfortunately, for people to accept that they can they can have some control amongst the chaos. And you feel like that's like on a organizational level, um, or it's a personal level, both. or both. both? Both. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I think what you're doing is incredible. I think we need to all recognize the various stressors that are coming from all directions in my profession. Um, and the, the least we can do for ourselves, for our families, for when we go home, for um, our coworkers at work, um, for our clients is to, is to do an assessment. And, and going back to your first point, do an assessment, take inventory on what, what is, um, you know, what is your, your, you know, your strengths and what are the things you need to overcome. Um, so I think what you're doing is incredible. Um, and I've really appreciated you spending time with me because you know, I'm I, I'm stressed as you know as another lawyer. I'm, I've enjoyed learning things that I can put into place, um, and just really appreciate you coming on and talking with me. Thank you, and I appreciate you and and that you're doing this because I feel really aligned with what you're what you're doing to help attorneys. Can I throw one more tip out there for everybody? Absolutely. So I'm thinking about that trauma that you talk about and and the clients that come to you who have had trauma. And mm -hmm. I get concerned with attorneys absorbing that. Mm -hmm. And from a care, caregiver perspective, I understand how easy that is to do. Mm -hmm. And I thought of a really good analogy actually recently. And think of it as when a client comes to you and they've experienced this trauma, they are like in quicksand. They've, they're, they've got all this mud or maybe it's just a big mud pit, but they're, they're in this mud, right? And it, if you jump into that mud with them, you can't help them, right? You're going to have, you're going to struggle just as much as they are. And they're in that mud and they're in that trauma and they're struggling. If you, kind of put put aside your desire to jump in with them mm -hmm. and realize that you can extend a branch mm -hmm. to them and support them yet not jump into that and and remember that their trauma is their trauma it's not yours so extend that branch offer them the support and the legal help that they need but not jump into the mud with them that is the best way that you're going to be able to help them. Yeah. Offer like almost, sense. it does um, almost like support through strength. Right. Exactly. Um, and, and if you are practicing with empathy, then you'll feel a, a, a pull to, to experience it with them and to do your best to, uh, you know, I, I know that. And it's like, how do you say it without it being sounding like you're trying to, try to not be empathetic. No, you have to be empathetic. Um, right. But you can't be, it, it, you got to maintain, they need that strength, I guess would be the best way to put that. Right. If they're going through a divorce or child custody battle, personal injury, car wreck, something, mm -hmm. they, they, they need you to be that strength because that's why they came to you is to handle the, the legal situation so that they can work on, on the, right. you know, the self, the self care to, to, I guess, try to resolve the trauma as best they can. I guess that's how I look at it. Yeah. And I, I think of it as you can have compassion. And to me, compassion is empathy. Compassion is saying, I, I can see what you're going through. I can see that it's really difficult and I'm here to help you. Whereas empathy to me is jumping into that mud with them and really taking on their issues. So to me, it's a, it's a little bit different in that, um, like you said, you're, you're with compassion, you're providing that strength and you're saying, I am, I see you, I can see this is difficult. I have compassion for you mm -hmm. and I'm here to partner and support you and provide legal guidance. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and to maintain those boundaries as best you can. Right. Because a lot of the secondary trauma that, that I think, you know, there's not a ton of, of trauma informed legal stuff out there where there are groups that are, it's growing and, and it's mm-hmm. on the rise and it needs to be, and it needs to be taught in law schools and it needs to be, there's a lot of things that need to happen um, that I think slowly will, just like you're going to find that stress management is more widely accepted instead of, of I'm fine. I don't need that. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a right. you know, um, uh, but, but yeah, so I, I think that the secondary trauma, a lot of it is, is a change in your worldview essentially is what, what it really boils down to. And so if you see enough bad things, you start to anticipate those bad things can happen to you and to happen to your family. Right. Um, and that is kind of what you're saying is if you get into that quicksand and you start to feel that personally, as opposed to professionally, then your worldview changes. And the more secondary trauma that you endure, then the less bandwidth you have to actually get through your day with the things you need to get through. Is that kind of? Yes, you, you, right. You summarize that perfectly. It's like, for me, when I experienced cancer, you'd be surprised how many people don't talk to you, don't come around because what they've done is they personalized it. They've taken my trauma and personalized it because, you know, it's almost like, Oh, keep that away. I don't want to catch it Mm -hmm. kind of thing. And so they, they Mm -hmm. then stay away. They personalized it and made it about them. Right. But when you can kind of put it in its box and know that that is their trauma, it's their issue to deal with. And you might be on the side to support and provide assistance. It's not about you, what it comes down to. And that sounds harsh, but really you need to really, you need to like have the mindset of this isn't about me. It's about them and what they're going through. And I can provide guidance and legal advice and all of those things, but their problem, I, I can't go through what they're going through. Yeah, that's, that's a, that's a really, you know, I know that's a very personal way of explaining it, but it's, it's a strong way of explaining it. Um, and yeah, I think that, that, uh, that summarizes it, you know, it's, it's not about you, I guess. And, and I know that's yeah. harsh, but it's, uh, but right. it's a good way to put it. And it's about them, right? Like I said, right. at the beginning, we are a helping profession. Um, right. You know, so um, was there any 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 other tips you could think of that that we didn't cover? I, um, you know, no, but I would just like to say that, again, I appreciate you and I appreciate all of the attorneys out there who, like I said, they're in that you have the, the legal mindset and the knowledge and the education but like you said, you're also kind of in that caregiver role. I think of you almost like a coach, mm-hmm. you know, because you're you're coaching the client through whatever they're going through. And I, I just appreciate you so much that and the work that you're doing and and encourage people to to really think about their health and knowing that they cannot go forward and provide the care that they need if they're not caring for themselves. Well, thank you. And I, I, I definitely share the sentiment. I've enjoyed this immensely. And I, and I encourage you to keep, keep putting CLEs out, keep talking about stress because um, it is definitely becoming more prevalent and okay to talk about the fact that we are flawed human being. We are not, you know, just because you're, yes. you're an attorney doesn't mean you you got, you know, some bulletproof armor on you. you we are all people and we all have our own stuff going on and we need, the more we talk about it, then the, the more open that becomes and the better. So for sure. And I, as you learn new things and as you start to find new ways of, of getting through to us, stubborn attorneys, <laughs> I want you to come back on and, and, and update us and keep us in the loop on how things are going. Um, before good. I go, I did want to, before I, before we end, um, do you have a website? Is there a way I can, I can link, um to your to your stuff so that so that people can go see the CLE if they want to watch it. You said yes. it's on demand so so they can watch it at any time at their convenience. Yes, I have one on demand that I offer on my website. The website is inspiredvitality.life 
and you would look for the link that says CLE and click on that. And then there are a few things that I, I put on there that are not CLE, for example, my book, you know, those are obviously not CLE approved, but the, the current uh, stress management CLE course that I have on there is, is there, just click on it, throw it in your shopping cart, and uh, that is available right now. And yeah, and I'm working on <laughs> I'm working on some more coming your way. I, I want to really give a broader view of holistic health. Good. And uh, so, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to move forward with this and excited to to help the attorneys. Yep. Well, we need it. So keep working on it. Keep putting out new material. But uh, Catherine has been awesome. And um, and I wish you luck with everything. Thank you so much.